following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Friday, December 3rd, 2021, Season 17, Episode number 71. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We've got a win to talk to you about. Cowboys get a win on the road. Thursday night football, they beat the New Orleans Saints 27-17. A win that, by all accounts, is nothing more than that. It's just a win. And in these days, in the NFL, that's a good thing. And we're going to break it down for you here on today's show. Let's start where we normally start today after a, a game with big picture storylines. I'd love for each one of you guys to tell me what you think is the story of the game uh, following that 27-17 victory. We got Dave remote. So, Dave, let's get started with you. What's your big picture story coming out of that game? Uh, my big picture takeaway is uh, thank God that this stretch is over. Or, and I mean, I, I don't know if, if the Cowboys are going to play noticeably different down the line, but this has been a tough three or four weeks. You know, the whole, the three games in 12 days, look, everybody's got to do it, but doing it in the back half of the year around the holidays is not easy. They're banged up. They had a COVID outbreak, by the way. Uh, I, I kind of forgot. Uh, that sounds bad, but like halfway through the game, I was like, oh, yeah, Mike McCarthy's not here. Like this this whole week has been so surreal, but you didn't have time to really think about it because you got a game to get ready for on Thursday. Um, so not an inspiring performance. Yeah, I mean, the defense gets four takeaways. That's always great, albeit against maybe a guy that shouldn't be playing quarterback in the NFL. Um So kind of similar to what we saw against the Chiefs, like it's nice to see the defense put in a performance like that, but this offense has got to huddle up and have some kind of come to Jesus moment. And fortunately for them, they get time. They got a long weekend off. They've got a long time to get ready for their next game, whole divisions in front of them and they can be rested for it. So I'm just, uh, I'm happy that they get a break and we don't have to keep doing this break, uh, breakneck pace. All right, Amber storyline of the game. Well, I wish I was feeling more excited after what we saw and them getting the win, which I'm glad. I'm glad, but it's just, um, it's been hard for them ever since Dak got back from the injury. And I'm not too, I don't want to blame Dak on everything that they've been through. You know, you got the offensive line making mistakes. You got receivers making mistakes. After he got back, we got issues with receivers missing games and being out injured. Uh, COVID and all that. So a lot of moving parts. But what I was lacking from this team is being able to see them with that ability that they had shown earlier in the season where they were capable and able to overcome anything. Anything that came their way, they overcame it. And now it's like it's just missing that um, little spark that we've seen. And we saw it at different plays. We saw that that great series with the receivers back-to-back and getting that touchdown with Gallup. But then you got the running game that's just not not there. And that's my concern right now. It's like, great, they got a win. They needed it. Now we're slowly getting back on track. The defense has been pretty solid. But eventually, like Dave said, 
this offense needs to pull it back together, not become one-dimensional without any help of the running game because as we get closer to the end of the season, eventually that's going to catch up to you and it's going to bite you in the butt. And then, you, you know, you, you have to be able to run the ball despite of what you're doing with the passing game. So, anyways, great, great win. My point is, what, Nick? Nothing. I'm just I'm laughing. Of what? I'm, no, I'm laughing. At, I'm looking at these rushing yards. Go ahead. Keep going. Well, go ahead. No, they're rushing. Interrupting me the, now? I'm la- they ran the ball well. I mean, yeah. they have 146 yards. I mean, they yeah, have 146 well, yards rushing. That's it. The product, the, the, the product was good as far as the total number. But, but let's also think. 146. That's, yeah, but that's a good number. They had a 51-yard run, and they had a 33-yard run. Hell yeah. And and, and most, but most, but, but listen. <laughs> no, I'm not, but I, I, but listen, I get what I'm you're not, saying. you me, but no. I get it. But, like, not, I understand. But who who can do a 58-yard run? Not every team no, can I, have I get that. And by the way. I'm not discounting those because I don't, I don't like when people say, but for these Take plays. Out, well, yeah. these plays matter too, right? I get mm-hmm. it. My point is, if you watched, as we watched that game, we were saying, man, they're getting nothing out of this running game. So I think, I think there is something to the fact that the running game wasn't quite what you wanted it to be. Now, of course, you were playing against a really good run defense, and the fact that you yeah. could get those two big chunk plays, that matters. It did. But you didn't get what you really wanted out of the running game, no, but, I don't think. But, but they, you know, how many times have we heard them say, well, they didn't stick to it? They did. They kept True, going. They, they stuck to it. They they, they figured out you got to run on the outside. So these runs by Pollard and CD were from the outside, but, I mean, they're still technically yeah. runs. But let me and, back you up for a second because you didn't give your storyline, and I saved I was, you until last yeah. mainly because – I know your storyline. Yeah, I thought it was a great win. I know what. That's not your storyline. The game. (laughs) Your storyline. The game is Dallas finally (laughs) ran a flea flicker. That was the storyline of the game. Flea flicker. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Do it again. Mm. (laughs) Do it again every game. Absolutely underwhelming. Yeah. (laughs) It it wasn't blocked. I get it. It 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 wasn't blocked. But I'm telling you, do it again. Like like. Run it. I mean, maybe you don't have to run it next game, but run it. You know, in a couple of weeks, you got it out there. You put it on tape. Yeah. Run it. Run it again. I mean, I, I, I loved it. I thought it was. It, <laughs> it was, was great. so funny because I looked over at Nick's computer after this happened, oh, okay. and Twitter is just going crazy. Nick's getting all these tweets from people yeah. like Flea Flicker, Flea yeah, Flicker, Flea Flicker. It sucked. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's true. Um, Go ahead. I'm but, sorry. But I did. I just thought. You know, I, I'm not a big fan of saying it was an ugly win. You know, that's what I wrote. I mean, I don't – my definition of ugly is, I mean, nine points in Kansas City was ugly. 150 yards of penalties was ugly. You know, getting shut out for most of the Bronco game was ugly. I mean, this this wasn't that way. I mean, I, I thought they figured out ways to win and, and beat a team. I mean, to beat a really, really good football coach. I mean, he, he knows how yeah, to do is. his thing. Now – I don't know what he's doing with his quarterback right now, but he doesn't have a lot of options. He doesn't have options. Yeah. He doesn't have options. And I thought, you know, I said it to y'all in the press box. I said that second play of the game when he threw it and Leighton missed it. And I was like, well, you keep throwing that, like you're going to get picks. I mean, he just he's not capable of sustaining those drives with his arm. Now, he's a damn good runner. There's no doubt about it. And turn him into a running back. Well, yeah, because he's going to get ball. he's going to get hurt. Keep running, but I don't know. I he's he's the kind of guy that I kind of wonder. He has the build of a running back. I kind of wonder if maybe they yeah. ought not use him in that way. Because I told you in the second half when they were on those drives where they were running the ball with him and they were doing it consistently, I was like, 
If I were them, I keep doing it because they were having success and they got out of it and started trying to throw instead of forcing Dallas to get them out. Of yeah, it. Dave, and Dave alluded to this earlier, but like just everything it takes to win a football game throughout the week, the preparation and all that. I do think fans forget that and how wonky it was for this team. So to come in and, and just overcome all of that, uh, I, I thought it was a really impressive win. I really, yeah. I, I think it's good. You had to stop this slide, and they did it in a week that it was it was tough to do that. They did it without their head coach, Mike McCarthy, who was out due to COVID. Uh, did you guys have any – did you see any discernible difference between him coaching or, or Quinn uh, acting as the head coach last night? Dave, we'll go to you. No, not really. And the one thing that we talked about in the press box was like, are these decisions, are these Dan Quinn decisions independent of any input from Mike McCarthy or is, is there kind of a guideline he's following? Cowboys went for a fourth down early in the game, uh, that type of thing. And, and we asked Dan Quinn about it afterward and he was like, yeah, we're just following the guidelines that we set up during the week. He talked to Mike McCarthy right up until, uh, when it was time to go to the stadium on Thursday afternoon. So as you would expect, he had, tons of input from his head coach i think he followed a plan that they put together i i hope that doesn't sound like a knock on mike mccarthy but i didn't feel like there was much of a difference in terms of the way the game was coached yeah i didn't i didn't really either um the 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 one thing and i did get a chance to talk to some some people afterwards you know offensive line they were down two coaches and then lunda wells had to slide over and and tied in and all that And, and from what i was told is that the biggest problem or Challenge, challenge yeah. is the better word, right? Is is just in-game adjustments, especially on that offensive line. You're just not used to seeing those fronts and what the Saints are doing and how do you adjust to that. So that that was the only thing. I mean, I, I think it's underrated a little bit having both your old line coaches out. You gotta remember this team didn't have the weight room open all week. Mm-hmm. And I mean the strength coaches were it was just virtual meetings, virtual, like it was just, it was a just lot. different. And, and you know, if we're making excuses, but those were real. If they if they if they weren't real things, they wouldn't do them. You know, they wouldn't have a walk around head coach if it wasn't something that you did, or you wouldn't have in person meetings. So um, I just I thought they had to overcome a lot of challenges there, and, and to be able to get a win because they got two more road games in a row. They're going to be tougher than this. Washington and the Giants will probably be tougher than than these two teams just because it's division games, and you know that they're going to be fighting for their lives right now, as the Saints sort of were. Well, I thought um, he did a nice job, and we talked. And I mentioned it. I guess I was gonna say Friday, but today is Friday, yeah. so the, Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday. I mentioned that, uh, and I, I was a little bit concerned on whether the defense was gonna suffer a little bit because of. Uh, oh yeah, my God, Quinn. Dan Quinn's role in the game, but clearly it didn't. And the defense played a really good game. And initially, and I'm switching it over to, and I know we're going to get into it, but initially I was like, oh, well, great job by the defense and getting hyped and all that. But then I stopped myself and then I'm like, well, the Saints aren't playing well. Like, they kind of suck what I was watching. (laughs) And then eventually I'm like, well, hold on. This defense has been solid throughout the year. It's not just this one game. So got to give them credit. And it was impressive to me to watch this defense finally be the kind of have the kind of players that these balls are not just necessarily falling into their hands or their laps. They are going after the ball. And you see it over and over. And anyways, I was just amazed the fact that then Quinn had this other role added to him, and the defense was able to perform the way that it did. Yeah, you look at this stretch of games where I think most people believe the Cowboys have not played their best football. Um, it's it's really 
the, the defense, in my opinion, has played pretty well. I mean, you could say in the Oakland game that that was not one of their better performances. But any of those other games in these last five, I think the defense has played fairly well. It's been the offense that's failed them. I mean, they held Kansas City in Kansas City to 19 points. Not a lot of teams do that. And and so I, I think this defense is coming into its own. Um, and to me, that's a good thing because if this offense, and by the way, they're getting pieces back, it's going to take them a while, obviously, to get all that rolling. But if they get it rolling and they got this offense back to rolling by – December and January, this defense has shown they can win some games, not just kind of give you a moment here or there in a game. Like, they can win some games. That becomes a really, really, really good team, and that's what you have to hope for. We'll see how it all plays out. You can't write the story before it happens, but that's what you have to hope for at this point if you're following Dallas. I told myself I wasn't going to let anybody say that again about they only held Kansas City to 19 points. I was like, if I hear that again, I'm I'm going off. Why? Because they didn't – because like the Chiefs could do whatever they, I mean, they they could have scored thirty five if they needed to. They needed to score ten points because of that crappy offense on the other side that day. So like games take on their own life, you know. And and like if the Cowboys would have kept scoring, they wouldn't have probably stopped the Chiefs. I don't know about that, Nick. I, I don't think you was... think you think if the Cowboys would have scored thirty one points, they win thirty one nineteen. Maybe not. I don't think it's necessarily 19, but I, I do think that the, the defense played well enough in that game to where if Dallas could have got anything going, going offensively, they could have won that game. Yeah, I And think. so guess what? That's the NFL. The NFL is such that teams do what they need to do. You're right. Yeah. But I do think that defense played pretty they, well against that offense. They, they did play pretty well, but I'm, I think if the, if the Cowboys would have made it a challenge and scored some points, I think Mahomes and them would have scored some points too. I mean, I, I, I just say all the point I was making but they did was give up 19. This, this defense made it challenging for Kansas City. They did. And, and they're playing games right now to where um, it, is, it, is not, it is not just an offensive team, which is what we thought it was earlier in the season. They have progressively gotten better, and this defense, I think, is good enough where they can win you some games if the offense can give you just a little bit. And that, that hasn't been, like over these last five well, weeks, they've had some games where the offense has just been putrid. Well, their it's best player really is on, decent, on defense. Absolutely. I mean, he's the best player. I think he's the best player on the team. I think he's the best player in the NFL. Well, say it. Say it. I think he's the best defensive player <laughs> in the NFL. He's loud and proud. I, I don't, I don't think, do you think right now, Dave? Nick, you and, you and I are talking about this before the show. I can't remember a player. And I've been watching football for a long time, going back to the Love You Blue days of the Houston Oilers with Earl Campbell. Like, I've been watching football a long time. I can't come up with a single player that I think was as good as at as many things as Micah Parsons is this year. You've had guys who are really good. Like, he, he plays linebacker like a Luke Keekley. Yeah. He plays defensive end like DeMarcus Ware. That's two Hall of Fame-type players, and it's one guy doing both those things. I can't come up with another name, and I would love for somebody to give me a comparable player that's doing what he's doing. I can't think of one, not just in the NFL right now, in the history of the NFL, I can't think of one. Dave, you want to take a shot at that? Not really, to be honest with you, because, like, the, I was making a face because, like, yeah, I, I feel, like, embarrassed about the things that I start thinking about, like <laughs> maybe the name Lawrence Taylor you know, that type of thing. And then you're like, no, shut up, Dave. Like, surely, <laughs> surely you're a homer. Surely you're not comparing. Like, I've a, been called a worse few years this ago, I don't remember who the player was. Yeah, fair. Oh, wow. I need to hear that story. Yeah, you here. do. Okay, yeah. good to know. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 it was a few, it was a few years ago. I don't remember who they were talking about, but Bill Belichick was like, whoa, pump the brakes on comparing anybody to Lawrence Taylor. And, like, that's kind of how I feel. I'm like, yeah, let's not get carried away. But at the same time, did y'all see 
Brian Baldinger's yes. cut up of Micah yes. from last night. Yes. And it's every week. It's every week. He's, it's every week. Yeah. I mean, I guess if I was if I was trying to tamp the brakes a little bit, I could point out that the Saints were without either of their tackles. But still, like the guy wins the edge like an all pro edge rusher. He's carrying receivers down the field. He's taking Slot away receivers. over routes. Yeah. Real I I can't I just I need him to get a pick in coverage before the season's over just to kind of complete the trifecta or like hit for the cycle in terms of defensive stats because he's a freak. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's a finished product. I don't even know that his career is going to be this. What I'm saying is through this whatever number of games sample that we've seen with Michael Parsons and, and yeah, he's not Lawrence Taylor. But my point is. Did Lawrence Taylor do all the things that Dallas is asking this guy to do and do them as well as he's doing? Wow. That's the part where I'm like, I don't know that I can name a player that has done Lawrence that many sport. different things. Lawrence Taylor, you know, won, I think he won the Defensive Player of the Year as a rookie in 81. I believe that yeah. happened. I mean, he won Rookie of the Year, but I also think he was Player of the Year. But Dave just called Parsons a freak, which I think is fitting because we also looked something up. Yesterday, he's got 10 sacks now with five to go. The NFL rookie record is 14 by Javon Kurse, mm-hmm. who was called the, the freak. freak. And who's he the related freak. to? And who's he related to? J-Ron Kurse. J-Ron Kurse. J-Ron Kurse. Who's pretty freakish himself. He absolutely is. He I mean, this is, is this has been – I mean, but but the thing about Parsons that I, I – that Justin Herbert didn't realize, and Taysom Hill didn't realize, and most quarterbacks just don't realize. They have this clock. They have this sense mm-hmm. of, you're there, I'm here, you're going to get here in about one second, or you're going to get here in two, and all of a sudden, just bam, right, right in your face. Hundreds of a second. And, I mean, he, he just, he's got can that. I, can I add a point to that? Sure. I'm s- sorry. No, I, you're good. I know I'm on a delay here, but... Throughout the season, I've been, I agree with you. Like, throughout the season, I don't think quarterbacks realized it. I think they realize it now. I just don't think there's anything they can do about it. Like, if Taysom Hill, he's as purely athletic as a quarterback is going to be in terms of just maneuverability and escapability. If Taysom Hill can't adjust for his closing speed, nobody in the league probably can, except uh, let's throw out Lamar Jackson and maybe Jalen Hurts. There's just, there's not a lot of guys that can account for that. And so. I mean, if you're trying to scramble or extend to play to his side of the field, I just think you're going to have a bad time. There's there's <laughs> literally two or three times every game when he does something where you're like, wow, I can't believe what I just saw and how fast he got to the point that he was trying to get to. Has, has anyone seen a stat? And, I mean, we see stats all the time, next-gen stat. I mean, there's there's companies that, are, that make a living doing this. Has anyone seen a stat on the amount of sacks versus the rush attempts? Because these guys that are leading the league in, in sacks, they rush every play. Mm. He doesn't yeah. rush every play. Yeah. But like, so when you think about average, you know, sacks per attempt, like that's got to be off the charts. You know, one every I don't know, ten, twelve. I, I don't know that, but I bet you that that's that's out there. Yeah. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk into some, about some of these offensive struggles. This offense is is not playing at its best right now. They did have some good moments last night. We'll talk about all that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. 
So AT&T has given everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek, and we're both with... United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbent attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him, it projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys, and Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Back to the break. All right, you can register for holiday youth camps. It's now open. It's been open for a little bit. Don't miss the Dallas Cowboys Football Academy and Cowboys Cheerleaders Dance Academy. The camps are December 21st at the Star in Frisco, December 22nd at AT&T Stadium. Space is limited, so register today at dallascowboys.com slash academy. Welcome back. We're in the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We need to talk about the offense. They had some, some, uh, some interesting moments last night. There were some struggles. There are also some good things that they did. They did get uh, Amari Cooper back, um, and and so you started to see some things that were that were favorable for them. But they were two of thirteen on third downs, which is obviously not great. O of one on fourth downs. Dak was twenty six of forty, a sixty five percent completion rate, two hundred thirty eight yards, one touchdown, one interception, and in my opinion, several missed opportunities where. He was just off target uh, to, on some throws that, that should have been completions. That all being said, tell me what your thoughts were on the offensive performance last night. Nick, we'll start with you. Uh, offensively, you know, they left some some yards out there, and they had a, they were one-dimensional at times when they were running the ball. Like I said earlier, though, you know, you, they, they stuck to it. Uh, what I liked about it, I thought one of the best plays of the game was when they got up, they're up 10, they were down on their own four-yard line. They had to get themselves out of that. And uh, that pass over the middle to, to CD where he went down and, and got it. They gave him some breathing room. Took three or four more minutes off the clock. I thought when they really had to, they were able to to, to function just enough. I mean, this this isn't going to win any shootouts. We, we know that. But I, I thought based on all the circumstances going on, it, it, I'm, I'm not giving them as bad grades for, for this one. Are you saying you brought up that, that Kansas City game? Are you saying that Dallas would have been in a similar boat last night if they had to win a shootout, they – would have scored more points than twenty seven. I think so. I, I mean, I, I, sometimes I you you have to you have to to for. I mean, why why do teams always kind of score a little bit more there at the end of the game? It's based off coverage and all that stuff. But I just think sometimes games take on a life of their own, and if you have to get into shootout, you kind of do. 
Um, I think they could have scored more if they needed to. So, yeah, similar to that. They, they kind of played within themselves. When you see Taysom Hill on the other side making those throws, you're like, just don't do anything stupid here. Let's don't. I mean, he's going to. He's going to throw the ball. They're shorthanded. They don't have Kamar. They don't have their guys. They're leaning on him and his arm. Eventually, it's going to go the other way. Amber. I mean, with you saying they could have scored more if they needed to, well, it's like I mean, um, they've needed to be scoring more, and they haven't. So, you know. I, You know what? If that sounds weird, I get it. I just believe what I don't even know how to how to even interpret I that. Say, I just think the games take on a different life. If 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 they're over there going up and down the field, Saints are scoring. I think the Cowboys match them to to some degree. I don't think it's a low scoring game. Well, we have seen uh, in plenty of different games where they're down and Dak somehow every time at the end of the game just starts right. playing better and and putting points out there, but. Anyways, overall, and I mentioned it earlier, this offense is just lacking that uh, spark right now. And the good thing, the positive thing, is that they are getting some of their guys back in slowly. And every week, we should start now. We should now start seeing a lot of progress. They get a little break here. So with them being back again together, the receiving group, being together again, the O-line hopefully taking form now and being more solid as to, okay, these are the guys that are going to be in playing week after week. It should get better. I think that Kellen Moore should get better again. I know he's getting a lot of criticism, but we've seen him being capable of doing great things with this offense. So I think it's it's going to be a good end of the year for them, and they're going to get back on track. But uh, I do want to bring this up, Dak Prescott, and I, and I know I feel like all of us on this show are <laughs> agree with what we think of Dak. I know Nick makes some comments here and there sometimes criticizing Dak, but all in all, we think that Dak has been pretty solid. He's a great leader. He's mm-hmm. everything. He's shown upward trending but when I get on Twitter and I see all these comments you know people really attacking him right now and like oh see he's not the quarterback that he needs to be he doesn't deserve the amount of money that he's getting paid blah 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 I mean want to ask you guys and bring that from Twitter into this conversation real quick how are you guys currently feeling about him and can he turn things around back again uh, for the remainder of the season Dave what do you think Yeah, I'm, I mean, and this is this is what happens when you give a quarterback forty million dollars a year. It comes with the dinner. You're gonna be hyper criticized, and and Dak has Dak has been down this month. And if anything, the impression that I keep coming back to, and I I take my impressions from Dak himself, because last night he said a lot of that is maybe me being too greedy, trying to put the dagger in on one play instead of going through my reads. I think Dak has been pressing for most of the last month. Now, is that because he knows that they're banged up and he's got to raise his level of play? Is that because he's hearing MVP chatter? Whatever. Is that because he wants to justify the contract? I don't know. But the, 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 the for how much we talk about the Dak yard and how these guys are in the lab all the time, Dak hasn't looked like he's been on the same page with his receivers consistently for about a month. I mean, the fourth and two... Mm. If there's better communication between Dak and CD on the fourth and two early in the game, not only do they probably score a touchdown, but we're throwing laurels at uh, Kellen Moore's feet because it's such a cool play design. I mean, they schemed it up beautifully, 
And whether it was supposed to go to the inside shoulder or the outside, it doesn't matter. Dak and CD just weren't on the same page. We've seen that throughout the last month. Um, and I mean, throughout the game on the play where Dak got picked, CD for the 18th time in the game is gesturing to the sideline like, I don't know what the hell's going on, what's happening. And sure, it's the Superdome, but these guys love to tell you how much that's not a big deal. So I'm going to take their word for it and say, surely we should be better than this. Surely we should have better communication. Um, so I mean, everybody can see the inconsistencies. I think it's a result of pressing on Dak's part. And again, going back to the having a break thing, this group just needs to take a deep breath, reassess, self-scout, think about what we do well and where we've been messing up. I really, I think they're just a few tweaks away from being better, but it's been frustrating to watch. Nick, um, you know, how, how many games do you think Dak has not played as well here? Four, five, five? Yeah. Yeah. You know what else is starting not, with Denver? Yeah, you know what else has not happened in five games? What's that? Zeke hasn't gone like over fifty yep. yards rushing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and it, it's it's just and it's hand in hand. I'm not just saying it's Zeke not running the ball, so Dak hasn't played as well. Maybe Dak hasn't played as well, and Zeke. I mean, I, they go hand in hand. That this is where they are now. It's not back to rookie season when it was mainly it was Zeke first, and then Dak was able. Able to kind of you know compensate and 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 play complementary football. I think I think it's fifty fifty if if not leaning more towards Dak. But I do think that he needs a running game, and and that hasn't happened. So I I, I kind of put it on both of them. They're they're, they're having to play one dimensional football right now, and and I don't know if that's that's never anyone's strong suit. It's certainly not Dak's. That's not his game. He 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 needs play action to help him. Uh, flea flickers and things like that that was my big thing about the flea flicker on a game when you're running the ball better i think it's going to work better when you're not running as, as well it's hard to be like all right well I'm, the safety's not just going to jump up there and bite because they're not getting more than five yards anyway so that that wouldn't be my favorite time to run it but hey i've asked for it for 12 years or 15 years so can't be greedy about it but yeah I, I do think that they're not running the ball as well, and and that is affecting Dak. I think they kind of playing off each other. But I agree with Dave. I mean, we're not talking about a bunch of tweaks here. They're getting their receivers back. They're getting everybody kind of back. The offensive line will be will be okay. I mean, but there'll be a huge test this week or the next game against Washington. And the other thing I'll say too is that, and I want to keep Can an I- eye on this. Go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. You go. I'm sorry, I, I, and I wanted to bring this up. Y'all, y'all got really heated about the did they or did they not run the ball well thing, so I left it alone. But like, I, I get what Nick is saying, and yes, I, this offense's best performances came when they were running the ball well. But I really hate their stubborn insistence on trying to do it when it's not working. And yeah, you can't take you can't take the good runs out. Like that's not right. how that works. But at the same time, I I looked this up for the story that I wrote last night. They ran it 24 times. Six of the 24 went for more than three yards. That's Ooh. awful. That's Ooh. so bad. Yeah, and, that's and, bad. And one of them. That's how you get a lot of three and outs, by the one, way. A 33, yeah, and a 33-yard rushing gain was a bubble screen to C.D. Lamb where it's really more your receiver core and the design of the play mm-hmm. doing the blocking and not your offensive line. So that's 23% of your rushing total that – isn't traditional rushing yardage and i just i say all that to say with the exception of the big breaks and also two of those runs that went longer than three went for four so it's not even like those were eight or nine yard gains like they had 
three sizable running gains the whole time. And yet they just kept on plowing right up the middle. And I would argue hurt Dak in the process because the last thing you want to do is put him into an obvious third and seven, which I felt like they did six times last night. I don't have that number in front of me, but it had to have been more than a handful. Um, and so that's, that's what's frustrating to me is just, stubbornly trying to do something that that wasn't working uh it, it broke in the third quarter with the pollard run which was great but um again that that's something i would like to look at as well i felt like this offense was a lot more adaptable earlier in the year that pollard touchdown was it f- number 43 was that Lattimore? is that, who that no i don't know which who was their safety uh, marcus williams yeah. he's still waiting williams he's still waiting for pollard to cut back i guess like when i watched <laughs> that play i was just it, it's yeah. funny watch the play and watch the safety and watch pollard the safety's just kind of like well all right what's gonna happen what's gonna happen and tony pollard is just like running like he's in the olympics just straight like i'm not even looking at anyone else i'm going as fast as i can and it's like uh, you know your angle is no, you don't have an angle anymore. Like it's he's one, gone. He's gone, and that's two weeks in a row we've seen that. And I mean, he's I'm, Tony Pollard is going to get himself into the Pro Bowl. Yeah, yeah. And probably as a kick returner, but you know how those games go. You know, if the Cowboys play in the game, but um, <laughs> if the, how those games go is that he'll be he'll be running the ball. He'll probably get more carries than anyone, but he might because of the kickoff returns. He might get himself in there. He's, he's he's doing it on national TV, big games. All right, go Can I ask a question mm-hmm. real quick? Uh, Dave talked about how it bothers him when they're like trying to run the ball and it's not working, then why do you keep going back to that? But I feel like a lot of times we also talk about them the opposite way and say, well, they're not trying to run the ball enough to where it actually gets going. So yeah, how, do you, how do you – how do you figure it out? It's like, tricky. at what point do yeah. you decide, okay, let's keep running the ball, let's actually right. not this game? Well, that's a good point because also the, the play that I thought was a real big moment there, I just mentioned it about the pass to CD down in the end zone. When Dak was kind of hanging out in the end zone for a few seconds and, and found CD, but that was a play-action pass. So if you don't run the ball and you don't commit to the run, your play-action is not going to work either. So um, it's a fine line of when do you say, this isn't working like Tampa – or say let's keep let's keep going let's keep going because it'll it'll open up more things for us. It's a fine line and, to walk. And who knows and who knows if that fifty-eight yard run happens had they not been just consistently trying mm-hmm. to pound them up the middle to where it created opportunities for them. Like that's what you don't know is what kind of side effects happened yeah. as a result of them continuing to con- consistently try to run the ball. And I I get it like. You can't take away the big plays, but at the end of the day, like they got, I think they got as much as they probably could have expected to get against that defense. That was the number one rush defense in the NFL. So I don't think I went into that game thinking the Cowboys were going to be able to run very well, especially with Zeke in the condition that he's in right now. I expected whatever they got out of the running game was going to be gravy. For them to get a 58-yard touchdown out of it, that's a win in my opinion. That was a huge play for them. Also, the way I see it, though, is – and I know we're specifically talking about this game, but when it's like a reoccurring thing that we've seen game after game lately, and yes, Zeke has been banged up, but when I was mentioning the running game and it not working, yes, they had those two plays that were great, and now, and you can't take those away, whatever. But the the thing where I began, began 
becoming critical of them is when you see it game after game where it's not necessarily working and then we start talking about them becoming one dimensional and then you look at the rest of the stretch and it's like okay who are they really going to scare down the line and is it going to even ever get going and work so it's just one of those things that it just I mean, to me it's been happening every week well I, I, every, everybody knows what's really the problem here is they haven't had McGovern as the fullback in four games. I mean, I'm sorry, but the McGovern fullback package. I mean, what's going on with the Hulk? Really been that long? It seems like it. I mean, we haven't seen we haven't seen that McGovern as a fullback. In all. Now, Connor Williams did it some at the end of the game last night, but it didn't matter much. Yeah, we're gonna take our final break. We're gonna come back. I do want to talk about the offensive line. I want to get some opinions from you guys on what you saw from Lyle Collins, from McGovern, from Biotish. How did the offensive line look uh, with what we projected was gonna be their starting offensive line at the beginning of the season, or close to it? We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek, and we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. Back to the break. Give the gift of the Cowboys this season with the Dallas Cowboys United membership presented by Globe Life. It's the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboy fan. Membership start at just $20. Include an exclusive fan pack, VIP member experiences. Tis the season. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United to get yours today. Welcome back to the final segment of the Break Life in SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Hey, Dave, i got a question for you. Is there any chance at all... We yes, can sir. get we can get Papa Hellman or Mama Hellman to come and give us some opinions on the game. He's in a hotel. Well, I'm still in my hotel. Oh, so I thought you were back here. at the house. Uh, oh, okay. I thought you were back at the house, man. Hell, no, I'm 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 gonna use every minute of free <laughs> hotel time that I am afforded. <laughs> I get you. So uh, no, they're you. not here Ross. unfortunately, but I'm gonna go see them in a little bit. I thought maybe we could get a little little perspective from them. As as Louisiana folks on what they thought of the game, well, but they're I guess Saints fans, aren't they? 
I, well, I don't know. Dave, are they Saints fans? They are Saints fans. Well, that would have been fun. Yes, they are. <laughs> that uh, would have been a lot of fun. They, my my dad, hey, he doesn't listen to the show, but love you, dad, because he, my dad hated the Cowboys my whole life. Like, he couldn't stand them. And now he, like, calls me and he's like, oh, my God, what do you think about Parsons? I'm like, dad, I know you don't like the Cowboys. You don't have to talk. You don't have to humor me. But he he, he loves it. He's bonding, and like, just bonding he like with the Saints. roots yeah, exactly. for the Cowboys when they're not playing the Saints. Yeah. You know, that's no, what it's it, great. You know, your parents will do some crazy things for their kids. Like, my dad listens. My dad listens my to mom. the show. Yeah. And my, yeah, he'll he's he'll send a text message or twelve. Uh, you know, he's, he gets frustrated too with the at the game. So yeah, no he, doubt he was feeling better last night. Talk to me about this offensive line. What did we see last night? Let's start with Lyle Collins. What were your thoughts on Lyle Collins' play last what night? What show is it, Derek? Episode seventy-one. Well, there we go, Lyle Collins. Oh, good. It's my seventy-one. Thank you. He's playing. He's playing. He did all right. Nate Living's. <laughs> <laughs> Nate Living's. Um, how about two and a? But um, anyways, I, I thought he played, you know, pretty well. I mean, it's hard for us to kind of talk about that. We didn't see all the, you know, we, we don't grade him out like that. But I, it seemed like Dak had a lot of time last night, there were, right? Yeah, at times. Oh, was I just kind of? No, there were some times he he did. I thought Lyle played pretty well. You can kind of tell, you know, a guy, especially after the game. I talked to him; he was feeling pretty good about it. You know, yeah. this is a, he's, he's going back home to Louisiana too yeah. with him and. You know, being an LSU guy, and you know, and, and getting to play, and and I think this is where he feels like he's he should be starting. He should be starting a right tackle. Of course, he feels that way. Back with with uh, Zach Martin, and you know, they 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 did okay. I um, I think they'll they'll continue to get better, but I don't I don't think Lyell was a, was a problem there. Amber, I'm trying to remember if there was anything noticeable that I watched from the game, but I can't think of anything. Good or bad, you know, it was just like one of those where you didn't necessarily notice the whole a whole lot, which we haven't had mm-hmm. in quite a few yeah. games. So that's good. That's a positive. It, and it's to me an indication that they are starting to hopefully get better and kind of figuring things out uh, there with the O line. But just in general, nothing necessarily stood out. I don't know if Dave saw anything differently. What do you think, Dave? I mean, I I haven't watched the game back at all, but Dak got sacked one time. I thought I, I I thought the protection was pretty good, especially for being in the Superdome. Ironically, there were at least two plays where they did go to play action, and like the protection was impeccable, and Dak had like two and a half, three and a half seconds to look downfield, and just... almost made it. <laughs> uh, I. The the push up front concerns me. Obviously, like I said, I think they averaged like 1.5 yards per carry between the tackles. I get it. Outside the tackles was awesome, but you'd still like to see better. But I thought they were fine. Yeah, that's the, that's the one thing about it. And I, I is I I think that from a standpoint of running the ball, uh, I, I give a lot of the a lot of what we've seen over the last several weeks with regards to the running game. I think a lot of that's about the 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 offensive line because these these backs are not getting a lot of room to be able to run. I think you got two quality backs, obviously, and even with Zach, being, I mean, even with uh, Zeke being hurt, Zeke still can run the ball. But I don't think he's just getting a lot of opportunity. They're not giving him much room, and that's where I look at this offensive line. And I don't, I just think right now as a unit, they're not performing at their best when it comes to the running game. Yeah, you don't see them really creating those holes yeah. that we have been used to seeing. It's like you see usually Zeke when he's out there and then he just kind of hits a wall he just 
there's no space for him to get in. They don't get to the second level. I mean, it's it's kind of like you got a guy on a guy, but nobody ever gets up to that second level to the linebacker to where you can create that play that's more than two or three yards. Basically, the running backs are running right into the line, and there's nothing there, and you just can't get to the second level because none of the offensive linemen are getting to the second level. No. Yeah. Maybe, you know, I mean – Connor Williams of the penalties have, have gone down, obviously, from, you know, Connor McGovern. But I mean, who's to say that Connor Williams isn't blocking better than, than McGovern? You know what I mean? W- would you take some of those penalties if you – I mean, because they were running the ball if, better with him, if you especially think, with McGovern as the fullback. Well, but how, how long has McGovern been starting now? Is it the second game? I feel like this is the third game. Was it the third? Yeah. Okay. I think it's the third. Okay. So, I, I mean, I, honestly, I did – I thought – running over Connor Williams was a problem when Connor Williams yeah, was in there. You're right. I, I don't yeah, want to I mean, rewrite that history. I think he was a problem in the run game as well as the pass game. Well, McGovern hasn't fixed anything. He hasn't. It has, and it and honestly, hasn't what I think we've anything. learned is they're about comparable players. Yeah. I don't think one's necessarily better than the other, um, except for they don't have the penalties. So if you're getting a comparable player without the penalties, I still think at this point you he probably got, made the right move. Did he, get, he got one penalty, right, for the uh, legal man downfield. You yeah. Know? I feel like that that yes. penalty is getting called a lot more these days, and I, it's probably because of the run pass options and these, yep. you know, these guys thinking it's run. They don't know it's pass. You, you're seeing it a lot, but um, yeah, he was only a couple yards down the field. I thought that was a little ticky tack, but for the most part, though, officiating, like it was a, it wasn't the Thanksgiving crew for sure, you know. <laughs> yeah, I but kinda... I mean, can we talk about Anthony Brown too? Because yeah, I, sure. I I thought Anthony Brown just the bounce back game, you know, and I mean, Michael Irvin texted him before the game saying, Hey, you, you got this, you know, have a bad memory, go out there and do it. And they picked on him early. You could tell, but it didn't really work out for him. I mean, yeah. you got to give he Anthony press, Brown, breakups. Yeah. give him some credit for the way he, he kind of fought through that mentally. He even said it was a long week. Yeah. It was a long week. And I'm like, well, it was only seven days, but I get it. It was a long week. Yeah. And he came back and, and you know, I, I I give him props for the way he played in that game. But let's be honest, I, I think the most of us who have watched this team play all season, we know how good Anthony Brown's been this season. He has not been as bad as people want to say he's been. And I think it all started with that week one mistake that wasn't his mistake yeah, that got Tampa. got given to him. And I think from there, people just had that opinion of him. But I think he's played really well. He's played as as well as any cornerback on this team, minus the interceptions. Obviously, Diggs gets a lot of interceptions, and that matters. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that doesn't matter. But just on a play-to-play, who wins that play, I think he, Brown has been every bit as good as, as Diggs sure. from that standpoint. And I just think he's had some moments. And and that's going to happen when you play cornerback. There are going to be some days. There are going to be some moments. You're going to give up plays. That's the National Football League. All right, guys, we appreciate you joining us. We'll be back on tomorrow. I'm sorry, no, we'll be back on Monday. I don't even know what day it is. We'll be back on Monday. And we'll, start, we'll start getting you guys ready for the division, man. These next four out of the next five against the division, it's going to get real interesting here. We'll play the Washington uh, football team next week in Washington. Until then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!